Dedicated to man's imagination, the theater of the mind. You know what our call letters WGN stand for, don't you? Welcome to WGN Radio Theater. Special three-hour presentation. And your hosts, Carl Amari and Lisa Wolf. All righty. It is seven minutes after 11 p.m. here on the WGN Radio Theater program, 430 in the series. It's October 13th. And uh, to my right is the vivacious Lisa Wolf. What's up, Lisa? Hi, Carl. Wow, we celebrated Lisa's birthday today, even though it's tomorrow. We are. Well, it's, you know, well, it's in actually one hour. in about 53 minutes. Yeah. So that counts. And Luann, uh, man, oh she made gosh. you a cake. Unbelievable. You, to, I, you know what? I will post it on our WGN Radio Theater page. What a cake. What a cake. And not only looks beautiful, we are really full of chocolate right now. Yes, I mean, we, we are. We are just full of chocolate. Well, so. we'll talk more about about it a little later in the show. Life with Luigi, a trick-or-treat Halloween show from 1951. And then it's The Mysterious Traveler with Maurice Tarplin. But right now it's time to play our game, Cat's Pride, Guess That Song. That's right. We are still in 1973, and um, we are going to be giving away a Lou Malnati's gift certificate for $25. So that is a fantastic gift. We're going to be looking for caller number six. You can call right now at 312-988. One seventy-two hundred. We'll be right back. Guess that song. We have Mark on the phone to guess that song with us. Hey, Mark. Hey, good morning. Good morning or good evening. How are you? I'm good. You guys are doing awesome as always. Carl, thanks. Are you awesome? I'm not as awesome as I'd like to be. <laughs> He's working on you're, his awesomeness. You're, you're, you're entertaining. Oh, thank That's you, Mark. For sure. Appreciate a lot, a lot it, buddy. Of people are grateful for you. Oh, thanks a lot. That's so nice. That, that is, is so nice. nice to hear. All right, we're going to get into our first song, you, 1973. Let's hear a few seconds, see if we can't figure it out. He's leaving, leaving. Oh, yeah. All right. I know that. Okay, but let, let me Mark ask Mark. Mark knows it. Mark knows Mark, it. He's what song smart. is that? That's uh, Midnight Train to Georgia. You are yes. absolutely right. Do you know who sings it? Uh, oh, I wish I could say exactly if it was Aretha or not, but I can't. I'm not. I'm, that's okay. I'm not, we'll hear a little bit more. He's leaving, leaving. Carl, you like this song? On that Midnight Train to Georgia. That's a great song. Yeah, it's a great song. Um, this won the 1974 Grammy Award for Best R&B Vocal Performance and was also inducted in the Grammy Hall of Fame in 1999. This is Gladys Knight and the Pips. Oh, yeah. Midnight Train the to Pips. Georgia. And the Pips. The Pips. Oh, great tune. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's see if I can keep my streak here with Carl that enjoying great my music song. choices. All right. Let's hear the second song. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's all you get. Back to you. You. Come on. Dream with us. us. Dream for me. (laughs) Dream for me. (laughs) No, it's not dream on. Yes, it is dream Dream on. on. You are absolutely right. right, Let's play it. He's good. Come back to you. Sing Sing for me here. This was 73. So this is Aerosmith, Dream On, and Steven Tyler says that this was the only song 
on the band's first album where he used his real voice because he was insecure how his voice sounded on tape. So for all the other songs, he tried to sing a bit lower. Hmm. This is his actual voice range. Mark, you are fantastic, and you are a winner. You've won a Lou Malnati's gift certificate. Lou Malnati's is home of Chicago's best deep dish pizza, our favorite here at WGN Radio Theater. Find one of their 40-plus Chicagoland locations or order online at LouMelnati's.com. Thanks so much. Thanks, Mark. Thank you guys so much. Appreciate you, buddy. I always enjoy listening. I enjoy listening tonight also. Thank you. And and, and do you guys ever... uh, Carl, I got one question for you. That would be, when did Miss Case find out who Lou Reed or Britt Reed was? (laughs) I don't know. I don't know the answer. I don't know if she ever did or not. Um, no, I, I know she did, but I just don't know what episode. I don't know. I don't know. But I'm so sorry. I got to go because we got to get. We have to hit the news at the bottom of the hour. But Mark, thanks, buddy. Appreciate you. All right. So Mark's a big winner, and yep. it's time now for Life with Luigi. Now it's a trick or treat show. Jay Carroll Nash plays Luigi Basco comedy series, my mom's favorite radio I series, know. Lisa. This She's listening. Her. I know. All right, so a Halloween show for you. Here's part one now from October 30th, The makers of Wrigley's Spearmint Chewing Gum are glad to bring you Life with Luigi because they feel it's a friendly, good-natured show that offers you relaxation and enjoyment. Now, Wrigley's Spearmint Chewing Gum brings you Luigi as he writes another letter describing his adventures in America to his Mama Basco in Italy. Mia. Right now is the start of the holiday season in America, and for me it's to bring back a lot of nice memories. I'm going to remember my first Thanksgiving in America, November 1948. And Pasquale made a big 20-pound turkey to celebrate. I'm never going to forget how his daughter Rosa started nibbling on the turkey before dinner. That night, Rosa was a 20 pounds a heavy, and we had a Thanksgiving and dinner, spaghetti and a meatball. <laughs> yes, Mama Mia, I'm feeling happiest in this great American holiday season. And tonight, I'm feeling especially happy because now they're celebrating what's called Halloween. And this holiday, you don't celebrate to some big American. You just buy, you don't buy the presents for nobody, you don't eat a turkey. You just go round and ring at the doorbells. <laughs> That's if you're a little boy or a little girl. You should see how they dress up like a clowns, a witches, and a gypsies. Then they knock on your door and they say, Trick or treat. If you give them a candy, that's a call a treat. And if you don't, that's a call a trick. They'll have to break the window. <laughs> but that's 
never going to happen to me, Mama Mia. And on my way to night school tonight, I'm going to buy a whole big bag of candy and a tuna gum. And when I come to knock on my door tonight, I'm going to be regular Santa Claus. Well, first time I got to my night school. America, I love you. You like a papa to me. From Well, all right, stop. Oh, all, right. all right, class, quiet, please. I'll call the roll. Mr. Basco? Here. Mr. Horowitz? Yeah. Mr. Olson? Yeah. Mr. Schultz? Oh, are we in a hot? Miss Foley, why don't you call our names backwards sometimes? Oh, you mean Schultz, Olson, Horowitz, and Basco? No, no, no. Axan, Switzerland, Nelson, and Suchel. That is not funny, Mr. Schultz. Well, I'm very sorry, Miss Dinglops. I mean, Spalding. <laughs> and let's have no more interruptions. We're studying capital cities today. Mr. Schultz, you may tell us the capital of Oklahoma. Uh, Oklahoma. Now, let me see. Uh, would that be Jackson? <laughs> Jackson is the capital of Mississippi. Oh, naturally. Uh, would that be Topeka? <laughs> Topeka is the capital of Kansas. Uh, Miss Ford, uh, don't interrupt her, Olsen. She's got two rights so far. <laughs> Never mind, Mr. Schultz. Mr. Basco. Present. I thought you weren't paying attention. What have you got there in your hands? It's a dish, Miss Spalding. It's a big package of tuna gum. Bigger package with a lot of package of tuna gum. Then a jelly beans, a caramel, a peanuts, a peppermint, licorice sticks, and other little candies. Miss Spalding, if you keep him after class, you can have a party. <laughs> Quiet, please. Mr. Basco, I wish you would eat before you come to class. Oh, no, Miss Spalding. This candy's not for me. Tonight is a Halloween, and after class, I'm going to go home and give the candies to the little boys and the girls when they knock on the door. Oh, I see. Trick or treat, Halloween. Yes, yes, the lovable little beggars. You know, last year they kept knocking on the door of my delegatessen all night. And did you give them anything, Sean? Ah, the liverwurst flowed like gumdrops. <laughs> you should have seen those kidneys eat. Bless their little heartburns. <laughs> all right, all right. Hold that talk for after class, please. Now, uh... Where were we? You were asking for the capital of Oklahoma. Oh, yes, yes. Uh, you may tell us, Mr. Horowitz. Miss Spaulding, you were asking, but I wasn't telling. <laughs> well, then, tell us now. Oklahoma. Uh, uh, uh. Well, think, Mr. Horowitz, where is Oklahoma? You mean where it is now? <laughs> well, of course, Oklahoma has never moved. That's funny. I read once that Oklahoma was going on the road for six months. Oh. <laughs> oh, I could kill myself for not saying that first. <laughs> Miss Spalding, we are wasting precious time. Uh, just call on me, I will give the right answer, and then we can go on from there. All right, there he goes. Kukla, Fran, and Olsen. <laughs> Mr. Schultz, you're just impossible today. Now, please try to control that tongue of yours. Uh, I'm sorry, Miss Spalding. It's, it's the Halloween spirit bringing out the witch in me. <laughs> Never mind. Uh, uh, go on, Mr. Olsen. The capital of Oklahoma. Oklahoma City. Oh, of course. Oh, 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 my Yemeni, the answer was staring them right in the face. <laughs> oh, I could just die. <laughs> oh, it was right under their nose all the time. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. 
Olsen, is that a laugh or the mating call of a jackass? <laughs> Please, the both of you, stop acting so childish. Mr. Basco, we'll go on now. Tell us the capital of Florida. Capital of Florida? Oh, you're not going to fool us twice. Florida City. <laughs> Wrong. Mr. Basco, it looks like we've lost you for the day. Lost me? How's it possible to lose me if I'm sitting right there? Well, I mean your ability to concentrate. Now, frankly, it upsets the rest of the class. Count me out. I'm very happy to have a partner in ignorance. <laughs> please, please don't be angry, Miss Spalding. It's Halloween, and, and we all should be happy, no? Well, we should all know our work a little better. Uh, Mr. Basco, why don't you just leave? I know you'll be happier. Miss Spalding, you're angry. I'm not. You are. Please, I only want to feed the kiddies and I make them happy. Please, not be angry, huh? I, I'm not. Well, you smile a little bit, huh? Well, all right. And have fun. Oh, thank you. And goodbye, class, and happy Halloween. Come again the next Halloween. I'll give you some more candy and a tuna gum. Oh, they're nice. So nice. Sound of children is sweetest noise in a whole, whole world. Must have been some more kids. I'm going to go. Trick or treat, little banana nose. <laughs> Come on in. <laughs> I've been watching you for my spaghetti palace, little cabbage puss. <laughs> You've been feeding those kids like you was the marshal of plaid. Well, how else am I going to celebrate the Halloween of Pasquale? Well, I always call you pumpkin ahead. Why don't you stick a candle in your mouth? Huh? <laughs> I've never seen anybody like you before. Every little American holiday that comes around, you've got to be the chief of celebrator. So, look, if you, Abraham Lincoln, didn't have ten brothers, you'd be celebrating every day of the year. Well, Pasquale, when you love a country like I love America... Then you want to celebrate every day in the year. Sure, but why Halloween? What are you celebrating tonight? Did a Washington cross at the Hudson on Halloween? Did a Paul Revere ride as a horse on Halloween? Did Edison discover the electric bill on Halloween? <laughs> well, I, I don't know, Pasquale. Is it just nice? Little kids, they knock on your door. You say hello. It's a good thing when we got excuses to be nice to people. Oh, Luigi, stop being such a big greenhorn. You gotta celebrate things. Why don't you celebrate a real big day, like, uh, uh January 15th? Uh, Pasquale, why is it January 15th the big day? Because that's when my daughter Rosa was aboard. <laughs> that's a big day, all right. Uh, 250 pounds a big. Oh, stop. Look, Luigi, I know the real reason you celebrate my Halloween. That's because you're crazy for little kids, right? Hey, that's right, my sure. In other words, Luigi, you think Americans should keep turning out the millions and millions of little bambinos, huh? Oh, sure. All right, then how come you the bottleneck? In America, they got a big saying, little kids at today, they're the big Americans at tomorrow. 
Now tell the truth. Wouldn't you be the happiest man in the world if for 20 years from now you see four or five little Boscos all getting their citizen papers on the same day? Sure, but how about the Pasquale? If I have a little kids, then they're born Americans and they don't need a citizen papers. You're wrong. No, I'm right. Okay, I bet you five bucks a Mary Rosa have the kids and we find out. No, 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 thanks, Pasquale. There must be some easier way to find out. <laughs> now, if you was... Excuse me, Pasquale, must be some more kids for the Halloween. Go ahead and let the little vultures in. Uh, trick or treat, sir. Don't be afraid. Come in, little boy. Thank you, sir. Oh, I'm going to give you some... Some... Uh... Oh, I'm forgot. I'm forgot no more chewing gum or candy left. I'm sorry, little boy. That's quite all right, sir. Thanks just the same. <laughs> All right, all right. So we got a no chewing gum. You don't have to cry. It's an okay. That's a free. No, stop, stop, Barada Pasquale. Can you see how he's feel bad? I'm not so worried about this boy. Look at that beautiful overcoat he's wearing and the new shoes and that hat. This kid probably has a defense job on the side. <laughs> That's the first portion of Life with Luigi. Halloween show from 1951. More after these words. Have you posted the pictures from your birthday cake and everything? Yes, I did. The video, too, or just... Uh... I didn't post the video. Okay. I just posted the photos, though. And Luann also, not only did she make oh you a cake, gosh. she bought you an amazing birthday present. She did. Bought she... you... Tell tell everyone it's what she... It's a beautiful white floppy hat, and it has jewels like on it. It's a sun it. hat. It's a sun hat, so you know what? We're going to Bermuda, and I'm going to be wearing my sun hat on our Oceana cruise. She's so and sweet, Luanne and her husband, Jim. And her Jim. husband, Jim, are coming with us to Bermuda. They are. We hope that you will, too. Absolutely. All right, after the news, we will have the conclusion to Life with a Luigi. After that, it's the Mysterious Traveler, broadcast from 1950. We have all Halloween shows throughout October. And we hope you're enjoying them. Stick around. The news is coming up. Then it's back to more Life with Luigi right here on the WGN Radio Theater. It's 11.35 here on a Sunday night. And uh, just, Lisa, just a few more minutes. It's your birthday. It is. I'm feeling already like a birthday 104, girl. 105. How, how many? Uh, how old are you? 21. 21. Gosh. You don't look a day over <laughs> 17. Um, you know, I've heard I don't look a day over 75, so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you look great. You look great, Lisa. Thanks, However girl, old you great. are. I, I think I know how old you I are, think but. You do too. But, you know, I'm never supposed to say a gal's age, That's you know? That's exactly right. All right, well, we're listening to Life with Luigi. Good, uh, Halloween show. J. Carol Nash starring. And if you recognize the voice of Pasquale, that is Alan Reed, the voice of Fred Flintstone. In the uh, on the TV series, Fight Flintstone. All right, let's get back now to Life with Luigi. <laughs> That's just it, sir. I wanted to dress up as a cowboy, but my governess wouldn't let me. <laughs> you're, a, you're a governess? That means the governor's a wife, stupid. <laughs> no, she's the one who watches me. Well, anyway, I sneaked out of the house to go trick-or-treat. I went far away until I got up enough nerve to do it. <laughs> you were the first one. Now you haven't got anything. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. Don't cry. That's something I'm going to never want to hear. It. Children cry. Hey, but wait. How am 
going to make sure you get a plenty of treat. Sure, I'm going to go along with you. What? Why not, Pasquale? I want to be sure somebody takes a good care of him. Lots of parents go with the kids. I'm going to go with... Uh, with... Uh... Richard, that's my name. With the Richard. Luigi, stop talking like a maroon. <laughs> I warn you, stay in your own little backyard. And if you got to go looking for trouble, marry Rosa. <laughs> you can't stop me, Pasquale. I'm going to trick or treat. Come on, Richard. We're going to have a plenty of fun. Yes, sir. Luigi. Oh, that pup squeak. I can just see all that fun. Every time he tries to do somebody some good, he winds up in the trouble. Well, I might as well get ready. Soon he's going to need a bottle of iodine, $25 of bail money, and a new nose. <laughs> well, Mamma Mia, I'm left to start and I'm going trick or treat to a little Richard. Soon I'm rang so many doorbells... My thumb was a got a headache. <laughs> but it was late, and in most places we go to, they got nothing left. So I took him to one place where I'm a no sad little boy. Was going to get to something and have lots of things to laugh about. Schultz is a delicatessen in the story. Luigi, my fellow boob, look, come in, come in. <laughs> Hello, Schultz. Trick or treat, what's your choice? Uh, stop it. What's with this cute little boy? Go on, Richard. You tell him. Trick-or-treat? Something for Halloween? Church, this little boy is a Richard, and I'm helping him with his trick-or-treat. Ah, if that ain't just like you, Luigi. <laughs> but what will it be, Richard? I got some salami, some bologna, and knackwurst that's guaranteed to separate you from your appendix. We <laughs> 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 start you off as a little candy, huh? Thank you, Mr. Schultz. Go ahead, stop it in your right. pockets. Live! <laughs> and here, yeah, take this. Yeah. And this. And yeah. this, too, huh? Uh, God, thank you, Schultz. I'm a no, you was gonna understand. Yeah, sure. Now listen, Richard, I got it a riddle for you, huh? Uh, pinch me and punch me were in my store. Yeah, punch me went out. Who was left? Pinch me. <laughs> oh, what you said? Now I gotta pinch you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here's one for you. Huh? Pinch me and punch me were together. Yeah. Pinch me went out. Who was left? Punch me. Okay, I gotta punch you. <laughs> oh, Himmel, what a norm that kid has got. <laughs> That's so funny. But he shows we gotta go before it get too late. And uh, thank you so much for your treats. Thank you very much, Mr. Schultz. You have been extremely kind indeed. Himmel, with his sock and the way he talks, we're gonna have it another Gene Tunney. <laughs> <laughs> well, goodbye and thanks for coming in. And remember, smile. <laughs> yeah, be like me, always happy, always laughing. <laughs> My rheumatism is killing. <laughs> Oh, you had a good time, huh, Richard? I'm glad you enjoyed it, Richard, boy. Don't you have good times with you, Papa and Mama, like this? No, they're always too busy. They're either coming from someplace or going to someplace. Mama, yeah. sounds to me like they're going to no place. <laughs> Richard, who's who went with you last year? I didn't get to go last year, sir. Father and mother were too busy because sister had a coming out party. She had a what? Coming out party. What's she come out of? <laughs> 
way, the governess locked my door and I couldn't get out. Oh, but she didn't lock the door tonight, huh? Sure, but she forgot the windows. <laughs> well, Richard, you you better go home now before everybody's going to start to worry about you, Oh, huh? no, please, Mr. Basco, just this last block. Well, it's... Uh, well, uh, all right. It's a beautiful, rich street. Maybe you're going to get a lot of candy, but we got to make it quick, huh? You take one side of the street, I'm going to take the other side. <laughs> It's in this block, and whenever we get back, you can take half of it, Mr. Bassett. Oh, no, you're going to take the whole thing, Richard. I'm never going to be able to figure it up on my income tax on a hundred jelly beans. <laughs> yes? What? Don't you see that sign, beggars or peddlers around the back way? What do you talk about, Who's a begging? This is Halloween. I'm asking a trick or a treat. You're bothering people, that's what. You've got your nerve entering this quiet community and ringing doorbells. Mister, I'm... I'm no one to argue with you. You don't want to take a treat, I'm going to go. Sure. You'll go, and just because of some fool day like Halloween, you'll break my windows or destroy the gate. I think this could have happened to you any day of the year. <laughs> oh, now you're insulting people. Well, you won't get away with it. Please, please, mister. I'm, I'm no one to make trouble. That's what they all say. Oh, goodbye. Oh, goodbye. How can a man be, be so mad just because he's run out of candy? Well, it's, it's one more battle and I'm on the end of the block. Then I'm a meet Richard, and then I'm a go home. Hey, you. Huh? Are oh, you calling me, officer? Yeah, come here. We've been following you for five minutes, mister. Hop in. We're taking you for a little ride. Oh, I don't know about it, thanks. I'm a little bit too far from here. But a street guy is only done with... Get in. We're taking you to the station. The trolley station? No, wise guy. The police station. We got a complaint on you. Mamma mia. Hey, Buster, what they pull you in for? I'm gonna know. Must have been for ringing the doorbells. <laughs> See, is that a crime? Everything's getting to be a crime, you know. You shouldn't ring doorbell. You know what would happen if everybody went out ringing door everybody else's doorbell? Maybe they would get to know each other a little better. <laughs> Listen, pal, I sympathize with you. Stick up for your rights. When you get up before the lieutenant, just tell him you're in on a bum rap. A bum rapper? Yeah, you tell him you won't talk without a mouthpiece. Without a mouthpiece? <laughs> That's right. If you act smart, you'll be suspended. Suspended? Mamma mia, they're going to hang me for ringing the doorbell. <laughs> All right, Basco, you're next. No, no. Mamma mia, why, why, why Pascal is not come? Just stand in front of the bench in front of the lieutenant. Wait, the lieutenant. Before you do anything to me, I'm going to want to say something to you. What is it? I'm going to never rap with this bum. <laughs> what? And I'm going to not talk until I get to my teeth. <laughs> what? That's right. I demand the mouthpiece. Wait a minute. I never heard anything as crazy as this. Just a minute, officer, your highness. I like to speak to my cabbage bush a countryman. Pasquale. Is this the man he called for, Phillips? Yes, sir. Well, the complainant's late in arriving, so you two can have a conference. Thank you, you judge ship. Oh, Pasquale. Hey, Pasquale, I'm, I'm, I'm so happy to see you. Help me, help me, save me, Pasquale. Save me, help me, save you. 
Every time you in trouble, you holler SOS louder than a scour in a pad. That's what you <laughs> Luigi, the spot of you in now, even the Salvation Army couldn't have saved you. <laughs> oh, you in a terrible trouble. But, but the why, Pasquale? Because already the police, they put your name on the blotter. My name on the blotter? What this means? Biggest disgrace. From now on, every kid who uses a blotter in school is going to see a picture of you behind bars saying, don't let this happen to you. <laughs> no, I said, yeah, I throw it now. Big no. shots. listen to Pasquale. He's got to celebrate Halloween. Yeah, but Pasquale, I'm... What am I did wrong? You went inside people's homes, right? Yes. All right. They got you on a charge of home inside. <laughs> That's what I said. They got you on a charge of home homicides. Lucky for you, they can't give you a life a sentence because you already use up half of your life. <laughs> but I wouldn't be a bit surprised if you got, well, uh, 50 years. 50 years? With 10% off of a good behavior is a 40. you call yourself a friend. How can you stand and let him put me in a jail? Waste the part of all, Luigi. You might lose your chance on your citizen papers. Oh, no. No, Pasquale. I'm in the most terrible trouble of my life. A lieutenant thinks I'm a crazy. You'd say uh -huh. I'm a gunner, but... That's it. Luigi, what you just said, that gives me a loophole to get you out. What, the Pasquale? What the loophole? You got to plead insanity. That's <laughs> going to get you out. All right. I'm going to do anything to get out to help me. All right. I help you. But before I help you... You got a promise to marry my daughter Rosa. <laughs> Mamma mia, from one loophole to another. <laughs> well, come on, come on, the time is short. Pasquale, to become, to become a citizen, I would, I wouldn't do anything. Even marry Rosa. Spoken like a true patriot. All right, I'm going to call her in. Rosa! 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 You caught me, Doctor! <laughs> yes, my little Daisy. Rosa, say hello to Luigi. Hello, <laughs> <laughs> Luigi! Hello, Rosa. Rosa, Luigi's going to plead insanity, and he's going to go and say, Vasco, the lieutenant wants to speak to you. Uh, all right. Don't worry, Luigi, just leave everything to me. I know how to handle lieutenancies. Vasco, I don't understand what's holding up the complainant. But to be fair to you, let's hear your side of it. How are you going to plead? Trick or treat. <laughs> what? That's what I'm going to plead all day, Your Majesty. Mr. Vasco, are you pleading guilty or not guilty? Lieutenant, Your Majesty, we plead insanity. <laughs> Just who are you? I'm a Mr. Pasquale, 23 North Halstead Street. Sit out down. Yes. <laughs> See, Luigi, I got him in the palm of my hand. <laughs> now, Mr. Basco, will you stop wasting our time? Do you plead guilty or not guilty? Well, I'm, I'm a little mixed up. I'm, I'm not guilty because I wasn't asking anybody for no money. And just what were you asking for? Jelly beans. <laughs> Jelly beans? Mr. Vasco, are you serious? I told you, Judge, we plead insanity. Sit down! <laughs> yes, sir. Mr. Vasco, you should be ashamed of yourself. A healthy, full-grown man begging for money, coming in here, making such a scene. How long have you been in this country? Three years, but I was... Have you applied for your first papers? He applied two hours after he came off of the boat. 
Ya para mejor merece una buena agua para Pascual y se toca me toca la jacate. I'm sorry I'm late. Mamma mia, it's that the mean man. Now I'm in a little trouble. Oh, please, sir, don't say that. I'm here to apologize, not to press charges. What? Hey, wait a minute. Hey, Daddy, Daddy, why didn't you wait for me? I'm, I'm sorry. Richard, I'm real Richard. sorry. Is this the man, Richard? Yes. Hello, Mr. Brasco. Boy, I'm sure glad to see you. Well, I guess that settles the case. Oh, I'm very sorry, Lieutenant. There, there was a misunderstanding. It was a big one. No, it wasn't so big. It was either ten dollars or ten days. Uh, Mr. Brasco, uh, l- let me make it up to you. Uh, Here's ten dollars for your trouble. Well, Mr. Richard, Daddy, is there more things in this world that can't be fixed for money? You keep your ten dollars, or give it to some boys' club. But I'm sent to see you for ten days. Ten days? Yeah. Ten days with your son. I know what you mean, and I hope I can make it up to him. Do right, you know when? When he couldn't find you and I scolded him for returning late, he he said he wished you were his daddy. Oh, everybody loves Luigi. I, I wish he was my husband. <laughs> I wish he was my son-in-law. Oh, thank you, thank you. And I'm going to wish everybody happy Halloween. Halloween is a turn out pretty good for me. And I made up my mind on one thing. Next year, if I'm going to trick or treat, I'm taking no chances. I'm going to dress up like a little boy. You're loving his son, Luigi Basco, a little immigrant. The makers of Wrigley's Spearmint Chewing Gum invite you to listen next week at this time when Luigi Basco writes another letter to his mama Basco in Italy. Life with Luigi is a Cy Howard production. Pat Burton is associate producer. The script is written by Max Benoff and Lou German and directed by Mr. Benoff. Jay Carroll Nash is starred as Luigi Basco, with Alan Reed as Pasquale, Hot Con Reed as Schultz, Jody Gilbert as Rosa, Mary Schiff as Miss Balding, Joe Forte as Horowitz, and Ken Peters as Olsen. The music is under the direction of Lud Gluskin. This is Charles Lyon. This is the CBS Radio Network. I noticed that uh, he said... He was giving out the uh, names of the actors at the end of that show, Lisa, and he called uh, Jody Gilbert, who played Rosa. He called her Rosa Gilbert. Her actual name was Jody Gilbert. I think he just was, they were going fast trying to get all the names out. But another name that he did not mention is Gerald Moore. Gerald Moore was in that cast. I'm not sure who the little kid, the boy, was, though. He was not mentioned at the end. Um, I've recognized that voice. I just can't place his name. But that's Life with Luigi, a uh, Halloween show from October 30th, 1951. Let's take a quick break. Then it's more on the WGN Radio Theater. We have a text in line. It is 
800-771-1200. We will be here for another hour. And thank you so much for all the birthday texts. I Lot really appreciate cash. it. I am having trouble replying People on the text really line like today. People really like you, Lisa. So yeah, I'm not ignoring you. I'm reading everything. And thank you so very much for the, all the wishes. I think I got two or three wishes on my birthday. You might birthday. have gotten one or two. And you got like 400. Yeah. Well, I'm appreciating every single one of them. I promise. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I got you a present, too. Oh, we didn't even talk about that. I got her. You went, got me a $10 I went to gift Col- card. I went to Kohl's and Kmart. got her. I got her a Kohl's $10 gift card. Well, I thought it was Kmart. They both start no, with a K. It's Kohl's. How do you spell Kohl's, Carl? I, I so I misspelled Kohl's. So, okay, is that all right? I misspelled Kohl's. How do you misspell? Why don't you tell everybody that <laughs> there I misspelled? There aren't that many ways to spell it. <laughs> K H O L S. That's correct. That's uh, correct. All right. That's right. Robert. So I put you an extra it. E in there. There's. Did you put an E in when there? I wrote it? To you, I said I. So I what's texted the right her, way? So what's said, the right way? I texted her. I said I. I got you a, a ten dollar gifts a gift certificate and, from Kohl's. Okay, so tell me the right way again to spell it. K H O L S. Okay, thanks, girl. All right. Right. <laughs> you guys, I know everybody's out there laughing along with me. Uh, go I ahead. Just, I can hear you guys out in Radio Land laughing along with me. At least I didn't me. spell it with a C. That's right. You did a great you know, job with that. Like K, instead of spelling it with a K, I spelled it C O L S. You know, what if I spelled it C O L E S? Coles. Same thing. I mean, it's kind K-H-O-L of the same thing. K H O L or C O L E. What does it matter? It doesn't. You know? It doesn't matter. Hey, don't knock Coles. You can get a lot for $10. I'm not knocking Coles. You can get a lot for $10 at Coles, you know? I mean, you can get like four pair of underwear there. Um, for ten bucks. That's exactly what I'm going to buy yeah, with it. Good. Some underwear. Thank yeah, you for that. That's what you should get. I will. I need right? new underwear. <laughs> <laughs> uh, in our next hour, we are going to tune into the mysterious traveler from 1950, Maurice Tarplin. I love the mysterious traveler. It was an interesting concept, and I'm I've always wondered why they did not bring this show to television. You know, it was a guy on a train. He was kind of a creepy guy. Eh, imagine like a Roger Baddish type, mm-hmm, you know, right. on a train. <laughs> Roger's right here. That's why we're making fun of him. He's on a train. Well, we make fun of him whether he's right here or all the way over there. And, and he's in, you know, imagine it's a, he's on a train and then he tells a story about someone on that train. Like he sees someone on the train, tells a story. I mean, don't I mean, we all do that in a way? Work. You know, you sit at a restaurant, it you look over would there, and you work. You come up you know? with their story. You're going to hear a mysterious traveler in the uh, in the next hour. Thanks, Vic. Appreciate you. It is Lisa's birthday. It's five minutes since your birthday, Lisa. Happy birthday! Thank you. It's the start of a great day, Carl. Nineteen. I said hundred twenty one hundred. All right. In this hour, we have the mysterious traveler from nineteen fifty. Good mystery. We're playing kind of mysteries and Halloween shows all throughout. Hey, we had a October. Uh, comedy last we hour, did. which is fantastic. With to have a comedy for That's Halloween. That's right. But right now, we're going to play our game. Uh, guess that song by Cats <laughs> Pride. Right. Yep. And that's what we're going to do. It's nineteen seventy three songs. We're looking for caller number six. You can call right now three one two. 981-7200. We're going to be giving away a desktop indoor weather station. We'll be right back. He probably knows how to spell cold. That's right. Guess K-H-O-L. that song. We have Dean on the phone to play Guess That Song. Hey, Dean. Where's Dean? Happy birthday. Thank you so much. I'm feeling special today, if not every day. <laughs> I'm glad you made it through. And uh, you ready to have a little musical fun? 
Yeah, I heard you guys say say 1973, and I figured, well, that was the year I graduated. I might as well uh, try and call and see if I can remember some of those. But, you know, that was a long time ago. So You're going to be great. These are great songs. I've got faith in you. We're going to play the first one right now. As an old man. Oh, yeah. I know this one. Okay. <laughs> Dean, do you know this one? I, you know, I can't. Can you do it? No, it, can't. Is it okay if I nope. turn? C- can't do nope. it again. It's all right. You've got a lifeline over here. Yeah. Carl, what is Dean, that? Dean, you don't know that one? Come on. That's Billy Joel. Well, I, it, it was either old man, look at my life. Or, no, uh, Piano Man. Piano Man. One of my all favorite right. all-time man. songs. Okay. Let's all right. hear it. Oh, There's okay, an old man sitting next to me. Okay. Yeah, one of my favorite songs of great memories. Uh, this was inspired by his experiences playing at the executive room of Piano Bar in Los Angeles. Billy yeah, Joel is the best. There he is. All right, we've got another great song to play. Thank Let- you, Carl. <laughs> You're welcome, Dean. <laughs> we've got one more great song. You're Dean and I'm Jerry. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> See how that worked out? No. Okay, let's hear that. Ding. Oh, ding. Ding. Okay, okay go ahead. let's go. Ding, ding. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, um, okay. Gene, <laughs> yeah. you know that one. I know it. I know it. But it's I'm, like you know, I know it, but it's hard to. Thing here. I can't let you guys wait. Oh, Carl, help me. Freebird. Um, Freebird. That's Freebird yeah. by Leonard Skinner. We'll hear mm-hmm. it now. And this is uh, the lyrics are about a man explaining to a girl why he can't settle down. Now, no guy has ever said that before. What? Right? That's what this song's about. Yeah. Now, do you have more respect for him now? <laughs> Leonard Skinner. Yeah, Skinner. 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 There's a D at the end. There's a D? Yeah. I left out the D. You left out the D. That's okay. <laughs> You're the winner here, Dean. Dean, you want a desktop indoor weather oh, station? Ding. Brought to you by American Weathermakers Heating and Cooling, the 60-Minute Men. You can visit AmericanWeathermakers.com. You will love your weather station. I love mine. And thank you so much for playing this music. Uh, I think the game is a lot of fun. It, I yeah, hope you had it, fun. It is. Thank you, guys. Way to go, Dean. Okay, have a great night. You too, Thank buddy. You. Thanks a lot. Dean's a big winner. He sure won an indoor weather station. Yeah, that's best. All Those are right. great. Time now for The Mysterious Traveler. This series came to radio in 1943, written and uh, directed by Robert A. Arthur David Kogan. It was heard on Mutual. Maurice Tarplin was the eerie uh, train rider, and he uh, he would go on another journey into the strange and terrifying. This broadcast out of New York had New York's best supporting actors like Jackson Beck, Lawson Zerby, Elspeth Eric, Louis Van Ruten, Mason Adams. Remember Mason Adams? He was on Lou Grant. He was the oh, right. boss yep. on Lou Grant. Yes, I do. Yeah, a lot of these radio stars yep. became big actors and movie stars and things. He was also the Smuckers guy on those Smuckers commercials. Remember those? Yep. Anyway, this never made a transition to television, but we have a radio broadcast for you now called Killer at Large from June 6, 1950. Maurice Tarplin now as the Mysterious Traveler. The Mutual Broadcasting System presents The Mysterious Traveler. Written, produced, and directed by Robert A. Arthur and David Copeland. And starring tonight, two of radio's foremost actors, Ralph Bell and Charlotte Holland, in Killer at Large.
voice of the mysterious traveler, inviting you to join me on another journey into the realm of the strange and the terrifying. I hope you will enjoy the trip, that it will thrill you a little and chill you a little. So settle back, get a good grip on your nerves, and be comfortable, if you can, as we drop in on a very clever gentleman. A gentleman who perfected an ingenious plan to be rid of people he disliked without ever having to suffer for it. I call his story Killer at Large. My friend, Mr. Jeffrey Andrews, is temporarily confined to a hospital. So we're going there to meet him. He's just been given a routine checkup by a new staff physician, Dr. French. Well, Dr. French, how am I? You seem to be in fine physical shape, Mr. Andrews. <laughs> Guess you'll have to be letting me go soon, eh? I certainly hope so. Well, I've had a good rest, but I look forward to getting back in the harness again. I'm Andrews First, you know. Andrews First? That's the name of my business. You see, my name is Andrews. Yes? So I named my firm Andrews First. And all my advertising carried the line. When you think of building materials, think of Andrews first. Oh, yes. Very clever. <laughs> Used to drive my competitors crazy with my advertising. Yes, I pulled off many a smart deal. And I always let the world in on it. After all, what's the use of doing something smart if no one knows about it? Well, the urge to boast is certainly human. For instance, you probably don't know why I'm here. Haven't had a chance to study my case yet, I suppose. No, no, not in detail. Oh, then sit down. I'll tell you, it's really one of the cleverest deals I've ever swung. Now, tell me, have you ever wanted to get rid of someone? Get rid of someone? You mean, uh, kill them? Exactly. Kill them. <laughs> no, no, I don't believe I have. Why? Because most people have at one time or another. But they don't do it. They're afraid. Afraid of the law and of being punished. Well, that's what the law is for. To restrain people's violent impulses. Exactly. Unless you happen to be smarter than the law, as I was. Because, you see, I figured out how to get rid of not just one person, but of two. Two people I disposed of and can't ever be punished for it. That's an unusual achievement. You disprove? <laughs> but I'm going to tell you how I did it. As I said, what's the use of being clever if people don't know about it? And since the law can't touch me, why not? To make it clear, Doctor, I'll go back to the very beginning. To that evening when I arrived home from work to find my wife, Judith, and my best friend and personal physician at that time, Alex Hearn, deep in conversation. They jumped apart guiltily as I entered the room and closed the door. Oh, Jeff, it's you. Yes, I uh, left the office early. Hello, Alex, how are you? Fine, Jeff. And you? Oh, a little tired. I've been working late quite a bit recently. Yeah, so Judith is saying. So what's this about you buying a share in a new invention that's going to make you richer than Rockefeller? <laughs> I've picked up a half interest in a new system of television, Alex. Three-dimensional television. In color. Mm, sounds big. Big. It's colossal, man. It's still in the blueprint stage, but we'll iron the bugs out soon. But uh, what were you two plotting so busily when I came in? Plotting? Well, dear, we were just talking. Nothing serious. I was giving Judith a little professional advice, that's all. Oh, don't you feel well, darling? 
It, it's nothing, Jeff. Nothing at all. Well, whatever it is, I want to know about it. Well, it, it's just that I've been having headaches lately. That's all. But why didn't you tell me, Judith? I didn't want to worry you over nothing, Jeff. It's really nothing serious. I've given Judith a prescription that will help her. Well, I think I'd better run along now. Got another call to make. You take care of yourselves now, both of you. As Alex left, I knew from his manner he and Judith had not told me the truth. They were keeping some secret from me. Could Judith be seriously ill and they didn't want me to know? Or was it possible Judith and Alex were... were... No, no, that couldn't be. A thing like that might happen to other couples, but not to Judith and me. And yet, they were concealing something, and I had to know what. So I took steps to find out. Uh, Mr. Andrews, I'm from the Apex Detective Agency. I have here the report on your wife uh, you asked for. Uh, yes, please sit down. Thank you. Uh, what have you uh, learned? Your wife left the house at 11.30 this morning. She caught the noon train into town. From the station, she went uh, directly to the Union Department store. Whom did she meet there? Oh, she didn't meet anyone, Mr. Andrews. She just looked around, then uh, had lunch in the restaurant. But uh, afterwards... Yes, go on. Uh, she made a telephone call. A few minutes later, she's picked up at the entrance by a man in a dark green car. You got the license number, I hope. Yes, sir. The car belongs to Alexander Hearn, who lives... Never mind... I know his address. Yeah, we, we need to handle hundreds of such cases, Mr. Andrews. I suppose you'll want me to keep following it until I get all the necessary evidence. No. I know what you're thinking. It's not so. Yeah. And naturally, I sympathize, Mr. Andrews. Of course, it's a shock to learn your wife is deceiving you. And Why, you... Stop. You're, you're joking me. It isn't so. Do you hear? My wife loves me. There's nothing between them. Nothing. <laughs> I, I didn't mean anything. I, Start you'd want me to get out of here. There's nothing between them. How easily I'd said that. And yet, why should Judith meet Alex secretly in town? Where had they gone after they had eluded the detective? I wanted to trust her, but what was their secret? I had to find out. That night when I returned home, I casually questioned Judith. Uh, what did you do with yourself today, darling? Oh, I... I got so bored, I went into town for some inexpensive window shopping. Oh, why didn't you phone me? I'd have taken you to lunch. Well, I knew how busy you were, dear, so I ate by myself. What did you do after lunch? Taking a show? No, just window shopped. Then came home on the four o'clock train. Uh -huh. Sounds like a lonely day. You, uh, should have taken someone with you. Well, I didn't decide to go until the last moment. Anyway, I like to window shop alone. Jeff, you look so strange. Aren't you feeling well? Uh, I'm all right. Just a little tired. Oh, poor darling. You're working much too hard these days. You must stop it, Jeff. Really, you must. I settled down, pretending to read. But my mind was spinning tormentedly. I didn't decide to go until the last moment. Anyway, I liked to window shop alone. How easily her answers had come, as though she'd rehearsed them. But they were lies, all of them. Could the detective have been right and I wrong? 
No, I couldn't believe that. I had no proof. I had to have faith in Judith. I... I made myself believe I was doing her an injustice. But the very next evening, I found Alex at the house again. He and Judith were walking in the garden, speaking together in low tones, so secretly they didn't even notice me. Now, Judith, you, you must listen to me. No, Alex, I won't. I tell you, we can't go on like this. But if we're careful, Jeff may never find out. But he's bound to. People will begin to notice and talk. Sooner or later, Jeff will know that something's wrong. And the longer we wait, the worse it'll be in the end. I know. Oh, Alex, I can't bear to hurt him. Oh, Judith, I understand how you feel, but... It can't be helped. Now, I have a plan worked out that can't fail. A plan, Alex? Two psychiatrists who are friends of mine will sign the papers, and Jeff will be quietly committed to a private sanitarium. We'll make him think it's just uh, for a short rest. He'll never suspect a thing. Oh, Alex, I couldn't. We can't go on hiding the truth from him like this. Believe me, Judith, it's the only way out. All right, I'll do whatever you say. But we mustn't let Jeff suspect what's happening. And I had faith in her. I thought I was misjudging her when all along she and Alex had been scheming to railroad me into a sanitarium. Oh, it was a clever plan. Alex could manage it through his professional connections and Judith would become administrator of my fortune. I almost let them know I'd overheard them. And then I got control of myself. There was a better way to handle the situation. I had to think about it and decide what to do. So I slipped quietly away. And a little later, I took Judith out for a drive as though I suspected nothing. But as I drove, I pondered how best to punish them. What are you thinking about, Jeff? You've hardly said a word all evening. Jeff, I'm speaking to you. Oh, uh, I'm sorry, dear. I'm afraid my mind was on business. You really are working too hard these days. Oh, I'm not working that hard. Too bad we couldn't persuade Alex to come with us tonight. He's always such fun when he forgets he's a doctor. <laughs> That's because he puts his work completely out of his mind when he gets a chance to relax. I suppose it would be better if I were like Alex. Of course not, dear. I like you just as you are, Jeff. Silent moods and all. I wouldn't want you changed. <laughs> She lied. I knew she was lying. By now I found it impossible to believe a word she said. I had too much evidence of the contrary. Yes, Mr. Andrews, it's a shock to learn the wife is too tired. But if we're careful, Jeff may never find out. I have a plan worked out that can't fail. Two psychiatrists who are friends of mine will sign the papers, and Jeff will be quietly committed to a private sanitarium. I like you just as you are, Jeff. Silent moods and all. I wouldn't want you changed. How easily she said that. How smoothly she continued her deception. Bitter rage burned inside me, and deliberately I stepped hard on the throttle. We 
we went faster and faster until Judith became frightened. Jeff, why are you going so fast? We're doing more than 60, and there are a lot of curves in the road. Oh, don't worry, Judith. I'm a good driver. Yes, but darling, we're almost up to 70. Now, Jeff, please, please slow down. We'll be killed. Too bad Alex isn't with us. He'd enjoy this. Now, Jeff, please, darling, slow down. There's a crossroads ahead, then a curve. Jeff, you'll kill us both. <laughs> That is the first portion of The Mysterious Traveler from June 6, 1950. Killer at large, Maurice Tarplin as The Mysterious Traveler. More after these words. You know, Mysterious Traveler is one of the shows that might appear in the Classic Radio Club. We have all the best shows in the Classic Radio Club, and every show in the Classic Radio Club is direct from the master recording the 16-inch transcription disc. They always sound like they're high-fidelity recordings of these classic shows. In fact, they sound better than when they first aired because Mike Gastella, our executive producer, he digitally remasters them. All the clicks and pops are taken out. It just sounds amazing. Right, and uh, if you can, don't get enough classic radio here on two nights a week on the WGN Radio Theater, the best thing you can do is join the Classic Radio Club. That's right. We send you 10 classic radio shows every single month to deliver to your door or via CD. So you can get, I mean, on CD or digital download that we send directly to your computer. Humana, humana, humana. Was that confusing? What was that? I'm confused. <laughs> you can either get them on CD or digital download. Oh. Whichever way you prefer. Now, you know what? I like the digital download. But you know hey. what? The CDs are pretty cool because you get five CDs sent to you every month. But they're in a like a little case, and there's like little slip sleeves, and the CDs go in there. But the case is a different color every month, and the pictures of the stars that are on those ten shows that are on the five CDs. So you get two shows on each CD. It's in a really nice collector case, and um, they're great. Well, I still get all the historical information on my yep. digital download, so I don't yep. feel like I'm missing a thing. No. And I store them all on my computer. The links never expire. And either way, um, it's a great gift to yourself or to someone else. You can check it out, read all about it. Read all about it at ClassicRadioClub.com. That's right. Go to ClassicRadioClub.com. And actually, you can read some testimonials, too, from some of our uh, our members have uh, sent in testimonials, how much they enjoy the club, how much they enjoy listening to the quality of the classic radio shows, and the liner notes that I write. I uh, I take every single show that goes in the club, I do some research on that show, and about the series itself, like Suspense, I'll write about Suspense, but then I'll write about that particular episode you're going to get. So it's a great, it's a really fun club. If you like classic radio, the classic radio club is for you, right, Lisa? It's for me. Now, the other thing I want to mention before we go to news is about our cruise. Now, we only have a minute, but our cruise is coming up. Well, it's next It's next August, but, you know, you have to plan in advance for a vacation like that. Yeah, it's about 10 months from now, but we have a, right, 10 months from now, but we have a great deal through Keen Luxury Travel. We have a whole block of rooms. They are going quickly, and we hope that you'll consider joining us. We're heading to Bermuda on Oceana Cruise Line, which is a luxury cruise line. It will have everything on it, all of the amenities, uh, spa, casino, wonderful restaurants, pools, all of that. But in addition, this is a classic radio 
Cruise. So we will focus on classic radio. We will have trivia contests and prizes and reenactments. And uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. And I just got a new floppy hat to wear to Bermuda, and I'm going to wear it. Yeah, there will be no sun touching your skin. Well, thank you, Luann, for that beautiful (laughs) birthday gift. What an appropriate present. So I'm trying to think, should we do like... Two radio reenactments, one comedy and one mystery. Well, we'll see how many people join us and we'll yeah. go from there. But, you know, I'm happy to have everybody involved. So yeah. whoever wants the to listeners be involved can be will, on the, will uh, be a part of the show. Be a part of the classic radio reenactment. We're going to have like a sound effects a Foley artist and we'll have music. It'll be a lot of fun. And, you know, we're all going to be hanging out together and that's really yeah, what is so Yeah, get to know great. us better. We'll get to know you better. It's going to be a ton of fun. You can just go to our website, WGN radiotheater.com scroll down and then there's the uh, the banner there's the banner there just click that and learn all about the classic radio cruise August 1st 2020 stick around we'll have more after the news you know what Lisa you can use the $10 Kohl's gift card I got you to get a brand new uh, winter coat because it's gonna it's cold out now well the good news of the day is that's what i got for my birthday for oh, my husband from dan he got well you, that's what i asked he probably for. spent more than ten dollars uh slightly <laughs> <laughs> where did you get well, your, i picked it out it's a it's a brand new winter coat no it's used no i'm just kidding <laughs> I'm just kidding <laughs> and where did where did you guys shop for it at at a nice store come on what's at a nice store like what neiman marcus no or, it's not from neiman um nordstrom it's from macy's Sa- it's from Saks. Saks. Off oh yeah no off fifth Okay. They had a big 40 And is it a, like a full-length coat? Um, it comes just sort of mid-thigh, like a nice warm coat, just oh, wow. below the behind. Got to get a hat with that, I too. did, and I bought oh, a Oh, good. Okay. <laughs> I want to make sure you got the whole thing. I got a hat. So did you do that today? I did. Oh, wow. That was today's What a excitement. nice day. It was a be- it's a beautiful coat. Wow. I picked it out myself. Well, what are you going to buy with my Kohl's $10 gift card? I was thinking maybe a two-pair of underwear. And I did remember how, and I do know how to spell Kohl's now. Now I taught you. K. O H L S. You got it. I had the L and the H. The O and the H. The O and the H. O H L. Whatever. It's all the same. It's all. It's all. It's all the same. <laughs> um, but ten dollars. You can speller. get some good stuff I'm there. I'm thinking two pair underwear. I could do. No, you get that. three pair. Probably three for $10. <laughs> yeah. It, well, that's definitely not the be kind nice I normally itchy. wear. They'll be nice and itchy. <laughs> it's not the kind I normally am accustomed to. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's get back now to Killer at Large on The Mysterious Traveler. I kept my foot hard on the throttle. I knew there was a curve ahead and behind it a 300-foot drop into a canyon. I made up my mind. I'd drive over the cliff and end everything for both of us. If only I'd had Alex in the car, everything would be perfect. He deserved to die, too. At the thought, my mind cleared abruptly. How stupid it would be to kill myself and leave Alex unpunished when I knew perfectly just how to make him pay. I slowed the car as I planned all my moves. They were going to try to commit me to a home, were they? All right. I'd fall in with their plot. I'd actually help them by pretending to be unbalanced. I'd make it easy for them, and in a few days, a week perhaps, we'd see who was the cleverer. We'd see. Alex, I tell you, there's millions in this new system of television. Maybe billions. Darling, you're speaking so loudly. Everyone in the restaurant is watching. Well, let them. What does it matter? Nothing can stop me now, man. 
In five years, I'll be one of the wealthiest men in the world. With my genius for organization... Uh, I... Jeff, Judith tells me that last week you didn't go to your office at all. You just sat around the house and wouldn't say a word to anyone. Oh, well, you know how it is, Alex. Sometimes a man feels a little blue. All geniuses are like that. Now, when I set up my new television network, I'll revolutionize world communication. I'll have a monopoly no one will be able to buck. And furthermore... I went on talking, seeing Alex's eyes narrow as he watched me. He saw in me all the symptoms of the manic depressive. The exaggerated ideas of importance, the extravagant dreams of wealth. Soon others would notice. My business associates, my friends, the servants. And when that time came, I could count on a visit from Alex, bringing his psychiatrist friends to look me over. Yes, that visit would be coming very soon now. Very soon. Jeff, darling. Alex has come to see you. He has two friends with him. Hello, Jeff, old man. How are you? Oh, just fine, Alex. For the last month, I've been working on the plans for my television network. It's going to be the biggest thing of the century. Jeff, I want to talk to you. And I want you to meet some men I brought with me. Oh, Alex, I have no time to talk with strangers. There are two doctors. Close friends of mine. Oh, what do they want? With my plans taking up all my time, I... They're here because of your new project, Jeff. You see, Judith has been afraid you're working too hard these days. I'm probably just being silly, darling. But I would like you to have a thorough examination before really starting on your new enterprise. You don't mind, do you? Oh, I haven't time to bother with such things. There, I have too much to do. Hey, Jeff. Oh, well. <laughs> all right, but it mustn't take too long now. They're waiting in the hall. I'll bring them right in. At last, my patience was being rewarded. Alex and Judith's scheme was working perfectly. And so was mine. Alex brought in his friends and introduced them as Doctors Carlton and Marshall. Without waiting for them to question me, I plunged into an excited description of my plans. As I went on and on, I saw them look at each other and nod slightly. Then, as though they were satisfied, Dr. Marshall brought the conversation to a close. That will be enough for the time being, Mr. Andrews. I should like to continue this discussion another time. But, Doctor, I haven't finished telling you of my plans yet. Uh, you need some rest, Jim. Yes, dear, you look so tired. Let me take you to your room. <laughs> well, all right, Judith, but I can't rest long. I have too much work to do. Alex, watch him carefully. There should soon be a definite change. The elated mood should give way to despondency. After that... I couldn't help overhearing Dr. Marshall's words as Judith led me out of the room. Alex, watch him carefully. There should soon be a definite change. And he was correct. I knew the right symptoms just as well as he did. So the next day I became depressed. Refused to speak, claimed that I was being persecuted, and even pretended to cry in self-pity. And the following morning, Alex and his two friends were back again. Good morning, Mr. Andrews. You remember Dr. Marshall, Jeff? And Dr. Carlton? Jeff, say hello to your guest. No. Leave me alone. I don't want to talk to anyone. Uh huh? The other day, you were highly enthused about your new business venture. Don't you want to tell me more about it? No. No one cares about my plans. I'm alone, all alone. Everyone's against me. Jeff. Uh, do you feel this way often? 
I mean that everyone's against you and life isn't worth living. Yes. How did you know? Well, that's because I'm your friend. You can tell me all about it. You don't know what it's like. To be all alone, to have no friends, to know that everyone hates you, wants to hurt you. Yes, I understand. Well, I'll see that no one hurts you. Wouldn't you like to go someplace where you'd be safe? Where you'd be surrounded by people who were your friends, wanted to help you? Yes, yes, I'd like that, but there isn't any such place. I think I know one. But we've talked long enough for now. Shall I have Judith take him in the garden? Yes, yes, I, I think it will do him good. Uh, Judith, perhaps a little fresh air would make Jeff feel better. Why don't you take him for a walk in the garden? Yes, of course. Come, give me your hand, darling. We'll go out in the sunshine for a while. That's it. I'll call you when we're ready. Yes, all right, Alex. I let Judith lead me into the gardens. Through the library windows, I could see Alex and the two psychiatrists. Alex wasted no time getting them to sign the papers that would commit me to a home from which he and Judith would see I never emerged. But he didn't know that the signing of those papers meant my scheme had succeeded, not his. After a few minutes, Alex came to the door and called. Judith, will you bring Jeff in now? Yes, all right. Come along, dear. All right, I'll come. Oh, Jeff, we've been talking things over, and um, Dr. Marshall knows a place where you would be very happy. Yes, Mr. Andrews. Small rest home upstate. You'll be able to get a good rest there among friends. Anything, I don't care. No reason you shouldn't go up today. Alex can drive you up this afternoon. I don't care when we go. Nothing makes any difference to me. And, darling, in a little while, you'll be home again. Feeling so much better at... Come, Jeff. Judith and I will help you pack. Yes, give me your hand now, Jeff. And we'll go with Alex to your room and pack your things. And we'll go with Alex to your room to pack your things. My best friend and my loving wife. And they couldn't wait to get rid of me. But I was smiling to myself in triumph as Judith opened the door to my room. Come in, dear. Now, you just sit down and we'll take care of everything. Oh, now, you must have courage, Judith. It's almost over. I, I think two bags will be enough for now. If Jeff needs anything later, you can take it to him. Yes, Alex. Jeff, dear, what suits would you like? Jeff, what are you looking in that golf bag for? There's something I've been keeping here. I've got it now. Jeff, a revolver. Yes. And fully loaded. Well, what do you want the gun for, Jeff? Here, give it to me. I'll take care of it for Stay you. Stay where you are. That's better. I want to talk to you. I've been waiting quite a while for this moment. What are you saying? Oh, come, come, Judith. You don't have to pretend anymore. Jeff, let me have that gun. I want you to stand still or I'll shoot. Alex, he means it. Yes, I do mean it. Your little plot's been an extremely clever one. Our little plot? What do you mean? The idea of having me committed so you two could be rid of me. But you must admit I did help it along by my cooperation. Jeff, what are you talking about? It's no use pretending anymore, my dear. I've known everything for weeks. Ever since I overheard the two of you talking in the garden one evening. You heard us talking in the garden? Then that was why you almost killed yourself and me that night when you were driving so fast. Yes. I changed my mind because that would have left 
Dear Alex, still alive. Jeff, you don't understand that conversation you overheard. My or... best friend and my loving wife. Well, you'll be together without me, all right. But we'll be in different worlds. You're mad, really mad. Of course I am, my dear, of course. Haven't two reputable doctors signed papers testifying to the fact? Which in the eyes of the law relieves me of responsibility for my actions. You aren't going to... But I am. Oh, no, Jeff. Yes, my dear, <laughs> yes. I'm going to give you both what you deserve. Death. Oh, no, no, Jeff, no. You're, you're wrong, darling. You must There's listen There's nothing to, to listen but I shall be as considerate as possible, my dear. I shall punish Alex first. No, Jeff. We have been keeping a secret from you, but it's not the secret you think. You're wrong about the whole affair. I don't think so, Alex. Jeff, put that gun down. Jeff! Jeff! But... Jeff, you... You should have listened. You... You've killed him. Yes, Judy. And now it's your turn. I shall be lonely without you. I loved you so much. Jeff, Jeff, darling, you mustn't kill me because you're wrong. I, I still love you. I do. I wish I could believe that, but I can't. Jeff, you've misinterpreted what you heard. Really, you have. I think not, not Judy. Not Jeff, please, please give me time enough to explain everything. Forever would your... not be time enough, my dear, and I would rather not think of you dying with lies upon your lips. But they're not lies. No, Jeff, no, no, put down that gun. Dr. Marshall, help, help! No one can help you. You see, the door is locked. It'll all be over long before anyone can get here. Now look into my eyes, Judy. Dr. Marshall, Dr. Cole, Dr. They can't get into this room in time, my dear. Now look into my eyes. It's because I loved you so much that I had to do this. Now, goodbye, Judith. So, Doctor, that's how I did it. I pulled the trigger just as Dr. Marshall and Dr. Carlton broke the door down. Too late to save Judith. And you see the beauty of my plan, of course, it was perfectly safe. I was certified as being of unsound mind, so I couldn't be punished. Oh, naturally, for the last two years I've been confined here in this institution, but I haven't minded it, really. I've been gradually responding to treatment. I've been uh, careful not to respond too fast, you see. And soon you'll be letting me go as cured. I'll be free as air. Now I ask you, Doctor... Wasn't that rather clever? It might be considered so, Mr. Andrews. But why have you told me all this? Aren't you afraid I'll report it? <laughs> the police will never believe it. Besides, they could do nothing if they did. No, Doctor, I'm in the clear. I'll start a new life and take up my plans where I left off. That uh, television invention is still waiting to be developed. Hello, may we come in? Doc Marshall said it'd be all right for us to speak to Jeff today. Well, hello, old man. How are you? Judy. Alex. Oh, no. Darling, I'm so glad to be able to see you again at last. No. No. You're not real. You're dead. Mr. Andrews. Send them away. They've a right to come back. I killed them. They're dead. Mr. Andrews, calm yourself, please. I'll take care of them. I'll send them back where they belong. 
Please, both of you. Come outside. They have to go back! They have to stay in their graves! The dead must stay buried! Yes, yes, yes of course, Jeff. We won't bother you again. Uh, come, Judith. They can't be allowed to disturb me with the dead! I won't stand for it! I tell you, I won't stand for it! I won't stand for it! Oh, Alex, no! Still isn't well. No! We'd never come, Dr. French, but we thought he was almost well. Yes, so did we. But we were wrong. Just a temporary improvement. He still believes that you were plotting against him and that he killed you for it. But you understand the truth, don't you? I think I do, yes. Well, he overheard us talking about his mental condition and trying to decide what to do about it. And he completely misinterpreted what he heard. And then he... He tried to shoot us and had to be brought here. And... Of course, Mrs. Andrews. But... I'm afraid we'll never be able to make him believe the truth. Oh, Doctor, no. You see, in his mind, he's killed you. As far as he's concerned, you're dead. I'm afraid you must never see him again. He'll live out his life here, believing he has committed a murder for which he cannot be punished. idea looked like a good one for a while, didn't it? But I don't advise you to try it. You might wind up the way Jeff did. In fact, my advice is to forget the whole thing. You'll be much happier. There's no such thing as the perfect crime. Oh, you'll have to get off here. I'm sorry. But I'm sure we'll meet again. I take this same train every week at the same time. just heard The Mysterious Traveler with a title role played by Maurice Tarplin. Others in our cast were Ralph Bell, Charlotte Holland, Matt Pollan, and Chester Stratton. All characters in our story were fictitious, and any resemblance to the actual persons living or dead is purely coincidental. Original music composed and played by Al Finelli. Phil Tonkin speaking. This is the world's largest network, the Mutual Broadcasting System. That is The Mysterious Traveler from June 6, 1950, Killer at Large. And Maurice Tarplin starring as The Mysterious Traveler. And uh, the main character there was played by Ralph Bell. You know what his middle name was? Ring that. If that was actually a name, that would be almost funny. <laughs> ring that bell. Ring my. Oh, me. You my can bell. ring my, my bell. bell. That would be better. Who was that? Who sang bell, that? Ring my, my bell. bell. Ring my a, bell. Right. But where'd you come with ring that? It was so close. <laughs> just know. one word off. I thought, I'm, again, I'm always just one. Just, like couple a couple letter off. transposed or a but word. But you know what? That's why you've got me. I tell you keep this, you, Lisa. Keep you on the straight I, I'm trying narrow. to explain this to you, okay? Right. I've. <laughs> you have to understand. I didn't have like the same kind of childhood you had, right? Mm-hmm. You were you. <laughs> what did I have? You had a Carl? regular childhood. I regular. Was, there's no such thing as regular. Just I so was clear. in my basement. Okay. What were you doing? Cataloging. Down there, Carl? <laughs> <laughs> I was cataloging. 
<laughs> all these classic radio shows. That's all? Yeah. I had I was like collecting these shows and I had like little index cards and mm. I was writing them all and whenever I would discover something about the show I'd write a little more. I mean, I was like this is what I did. Right. Right? I mean, I went to school. I was going to say you but did then go I would to come home and I would catalog in a basement you know with like you know, lights here's the thing you don't have to make excuses for your shortcomings <laughs> we all have them and you know uh-huh. some are just more apparent okay. on some people so, i have shortcomings but you know now though because i did all that right now but, we have a radio show i was going to say and we look what we these. have here on WGN so i sacrificed my for whole me. childhood for me and you didn't so even know it you could be on the air you are absolutely and we could right play these classic and radio who shows would have thought back in the day that we would be doing this together. i didn't think i was going to be on on the radio, I was just loved these shows, and I would collect them. And I would, I literally, if I got a show, and I would like listen to it. I have my little index card. I would write, oh, oh Jack Benny, you know. And you get to share your passion so I, and your knowledge. That's what with, I was. With that's others. what I was doing. I know. Now right? I can, you know, have a little poke, a little fun at you for it. It's all okay. Right. It's all so with love. Cut me a little slack. I do. It's all, all right. with love. Just a tiny smidgen of 